Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Men Drill. We are just finishing up week two of the NFL season. And if week one was the week of the upsets, week two is the week of the unbelievable comebacks. We saw several of those over the week. We've got the Jets, Miami, and what was the other one that happened, guys? I am joined by David and Dom. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty bad. Doing pretty good myself. Can't complain too much. All right. We'll start right into who was your week two MVP? How, who do you think, David? For me, I have to say Jalen Waddle. He, uh, of course you do, because he broke off of your fantasy team. I was about to lead into that. But take fantasy out of it for a second. The dude literally popped off in his game. Against me for 31 points. Yeah. He, <laughs> the guy literally got 11 receptions out of 19 targets for 171 yards and two touchdowns. It's like, take fantasy out for a second. That's still impressive as hell. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Who you got, Don? It's tough because there, there's so many good performances. I got to hand it to Joe Flacco, though. This was – he wasn't going to be my answer until about just now, but I was thinking about it more. I mean, he he led the Jets to uh, come back winning against the Browns. He had, what, four – touchdown passes in the game and he's what 37 38 years old for him to still be slinging like he did he still had a pretty nice deep ball um i was kind of impressed by it um sucks that that good of a game came against the browns but gotta give credit where credit's due it's hell of a performance and really i don't know if zach wilson would have been able to put up that kind of a game and i i'm sticking with the jets because i got garrett well first round rookie this is his only second game but i mean he Got 102 yards, two touchdowns, very productive, and it just felt like whenever Flacco needed to make a throw, he was wide open. I will repeat, he was wide open if you're listening, Browns. But, you know, I'm going to definitely be adding him to my uh, fantasy next week because I think he has got a very promising future. All right, we'll move on to the next one, which is pretty much for the last – 10, 15 years, everybody's known that uh, Tom Brady's been the GOAT. Do you guys think that uh, somebody like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe Justin Herbert could become the inheritors of the GOAT title down the road? Or do you guys think there's a little too much uh, competition for any of them to really claim the GOAT title? I'll have Dom start with. I think it's a little it's, – well, I think it's a lot too much too soon. I mean, these guys – Josh Allen's in his fifth year. Mahomes is in his sixth year. Herbert's in, what, his third year? I mean, we really didn't start considering Tom Brady to go until, what, year 10, 11, if not later. I think it might may, maybe even been, you know, his 15th or 16th season in the league. You know, it, it kind of sucks that, you know, guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they're always going to be compared to Tom Brady because of the success that he had. Could they potentially be considered the GOAT? Down the road, sure. Why not? Um, I mean, anything is possible. I think they definitely have the talent to do it, but and, until they get six Super Bowl rings or more, yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty difficult to do. All right. What's your thoughts, David? I think that it's certainly possible because Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are always changing the game, and as did Tom Brady. Now, will they get to six Super Bowl titles? Chances are it's probably not, but if they continue, if the guys like this continue to 
change the game and make it better and progress it forward. I think that there will be a chance that they're at least in for a discussion for that title, but honestly it might be a few years down the road that we might ever see a true like runner up or contender for that title. Yeah. I, I really think it depends on what you like, what's the main like factor that you consider in the, in the goat race. Is it just championships or is it stats plus championships? Like which one's weighted more because I don't think anyone's ever going to get to, you know, what, seven Super Bowl rings? That's going to be damn near impossible to do. So if, like, let's say, for example, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, they go throughout their whole career, 15, 16, 17 years, you know, three Super Bowl rings, but they lead the NFL all time in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Are they considered the GOAT then, even though they don't have as many championships as Tom Brady? You know, I think everyone's definition of greatest of all time is, is different. So unless we can get like a clear definition of what the greatest of all time truly is, then it's all going to be subjective. Well, and I would also consider partly the fact that uh, like Tom Brady never had a true right, like somebody to really compete with them in the AFC. I mean, you had Big Ben and a couple other guys, but I mean, they didn't usually in that fight, Tom Brady won. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, also look at someone like Drew Brees up until you know, one or two years ago, he had the all-time record for passing yards and passing touchdowns, and he was really nowhere near the GOAT category, uh, goat conversation. It was always Tom Brady. So, But one thing I've noticed is, I mean, at least just between Josh Allen and Mahomes, their postseason, you know, playoff games mm-hmm. have become legendary because they just always seem to play each other at some point and have an insane game. So. I yeah, think. I mean, they seem to be the new Brady and Manning. They definitely seem to be the new Brady and Manning. All right, moving on to our next topic, which is, uh, is it just me or is Russell Wilson struggling just a little bit more than I thought? I mean, we knew there was going to be a lot of struggle because, you know, it's a new team, new offense. He's got to get used to receivers, all that. But he didn't look great week one. And then week two, he looked even rougher. I mean, last week, against the Texans he only had 219 yards one touchdown one interception and a 66 and a half point or a QBR what's your guys thoughts on this uh wow David start I think that he is having some trouble to some extent whether that's a communication thing a connection thing whatever it may be I think something's there I'm not going to speculate because I'm not Russell Wilson I'm not a teammate nor am I in the media talking to these players and getting to know these players to any extent. So I think that it's more just a connection thing and maybe it's also a coach thing as well. Who knows? All right. What's your thoughts on it, Don? I think it's just, he's still trying to learn a new offense. You know, anytime you go from uh, an offensive scheme that you are running for however long he's been in the league to uh, new atmosphere, new schemes, new players, new coaches. It takes some time to get used to. And, you know, like I've mentioned before, guys really don't play in the preseason anymore. So the the repetition and, and chemistry just isn't there yet. Um, eventually, you know, he's too good of a quarterback to, to not figure it out. You don't just all of a sudden forget how to play quarterback. I mean, look at um, someone like Tom Brady going from New England to Tampa Bay. 
Bay. It took the first six weeks of the season for him to really get going and that offense to really get rolling. And then once they did, we saw what they became. They went and won a Super Bowl. And last year, they you know picked up right, right where they left off and made it to the playoffs again. So it just takes time. And with the lack of offseason programs and preseason, it just takes a little bit more time to develop some chemistry. I think that if like Dom said, if we if they had these issues six weeks and then six, seven, maybe even eight, if you want to say that too, then I would start to be concerned. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I'm great. Also, something I noticed is it hasn't always been him over the last two weeks. There's been a decent amount of drop balls from receivers, kind of a similar thing to like what Tom Brady's been dealing with, where just there is a bit of a disconnect. They're still getting on the same page, all that. But I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks to see him really flourish and, you know, get back to his old ways. Because if he can get back to how he played in Seattle, I think he is going to be a, a force to reckon with. All right, moving on to our next topic, which is a little bit more of a serious one. Everybody, I feel like, heard this week uh, Brett Favre has been involved in a bit of a uh, fraud case in Mississippi. Pretty much he is accused of being involved in a group that uh, or stole $6 million from welfare funds and used it to build a volleyball stadium at a university where his daughter plays volleyball. What's your guys' thoughts on this, and how do you think this is going to impact his legacy of Dom Start? I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he, he's a guy that's had character issues in the past, Um <laughs> it's just, excuse my language, are really fucking shitty. But again, doesn't surprise me. I mean, stealing from people's welfare checks, you know, the people he used to put food on the table for their family to, you know, just survive when they're at, you know, the, you know, lower socioeconomic statuses um, just sucks. You know, stealing money from anyone is bad, but stealing money from people that don't have money in the first place when you're a multimillionaire who is able to still have tons of endorsements after like years after his football career, he's still raking in countless dollars from his endorsements and you steal from people that already don't have money to build a volleyball stadium. And real quick, not try to interrupt, but I'm just going to add this. As of 2022, his net worth is $110 million. Just yeah. add that. He could have, he could have built like 10, 12 volleyball fields out on his own he didn't have to steal from you know people that already didn't have money they're like it, it's it's not like he you know had some ponzi scheme where he was taking millions of dollars from people that already had millions of dollars he took money from people that were on welfare for a reason you know the and it was, the state of mississippi isn't really that wealthy in the first place people need that money to survive and it's just greed and doesn't surprise me at all all right what's your thoughts on a day I think that Dom summed it up perfectly. He just got really greedy, didn't want to spend any of the money that he, you could say he earned to some degree. Yeah, it's like people need to eat and you're taking it from the people who are struggling the most in this country in some way, shape or form. I think that it affects his legacy, at least for the moment, greatly. Whether or not people forgive him down the road is solely up to them. So. That's what I have. Um, I think it's not quite as bad as Michael Vick, but it's going to be something that definitely taints his legacy forever. I mean, it's just something that people aren't going to completely forget about. But I, I didn't mention this before, but uh, 
the governor of Mississippi at the time that this the funds were getting you know real reallocated and everything was also a part of this and was you know cooperating and helping him get the funds there's a lot of really questionable stuff going on by several people that had no business doing what they were doing so it's just a really weird situation right and then moving on to our last topic of the night which is our underdog bet we had five underdogs get the win last week and we got our first points on the board when the miami dolphins had their miracle comeback against the baltimore ravens which got me about three and a half points but this week we got several kind of surprising lines going that i did, was not expecting so uh who do you think is going to get the upset this week david you know what i was i was kind of going between either the jaguars or the or the browns game and you know what I'll go with the Jaguars on this one because to me, for me, the Steelers game is kind of like a hit or miss. There's no like for sure thing because the Browns defense has been struggling, but so has the Steelers offense. So I'm going to go with the Jaguars on this one. Yeah, I like it. And they were one of the teams that got an upset last week. So hopefully they can do it. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, D-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, Two Minute Drill listeners, until next time.